Hey, uh, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week, we'll chat about music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Dio. My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you don't have to. We'll share some little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally. We're sharing our love of them and hope you love them too. And if you want to check out the music videos that we're talking about this week, uh, feel free to check out the music video playlist on our YouTube channel, on Apple Music, and on Facebook. And um, definitely check the bios on all our platforms and you'll probably find it. Um, with that being said, let's get it cracking. Hey, Crystal. Hello. How is it going? Good. How is my friend doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got to tell you, earlier today, I went to a Rihanna drag brunch. No. Yes. What was that like? It was It was fun. You know, they know how to do it. It was a show. It was a show. Was it Ponda Replay? It was Ponda Replay. It was uh, shine bright like a diamond. Oh, was she? Were the drag queens on platforms like the Super Bowl um, <laughs> halftime show? They were on the one platform in the front, the mini. Oh, platform. like a stage? Like a stage? <laughs> yes, that's that's what you call that—a stage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and it made me think of all the videos that Rihanna has had and that um, we definitely need to cover her for Remember Music Videos. Yes, we definitely have to do a Rihanna episode. She's amazing and that's gonna be a great episode. Who are we covering this week? For today, we're going to dip into the rock genre. We're covering the one and only Alanis Morissette, 90s queen. Canada's pride and joy. Canada's pride, pride and joy. She really came into the 90s swinging and we're covering a jagged little pill her third album correct this is her third album yes her first one in the uh in the states to reach the states what accent was that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the states i don't know the maybe states. it was a, a little bit of a uh, australian maybe australian states <laughs> With all the R&B that the world gave us in the 90s, which we loved, there was also some uh, some rock songs in there that we loved. And Alanis gave us a bunch of those in the 90s. And that's why we're covering her today. And it's funny, right? Because it's not your conventional rock artist, right? Like yes, Alanis do. didn't start with rock music. Correct. Yeah, she um she actually had two albums before Jagged Little Pill in the early 90s that were very much pop princessy, teased hair, choreography. Yeah. It was was not the it was not the Atlantis that we that we, you know, came to know with with Jagged Little Pill and I think that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. interesting because we've had Robin who was originally pitched as the you know pop princess had a couple of albums and then realized that that's not really where my spirit wants to take me I'm not really feeling that and I want to do more writing and producing and just have a completely different um different vibe and similar to 
Alanis as well. And they were both young when they came out with their first album. So they've been in the industry for so long. Like Jagged Little Pill came out when she was 19 years old. And these other albums came out when she was a, a mere teen. Yeah. Uh, have you heard those albums? I kind of gave a, a, a quick listen to the first album, which was called Alanis. And um, it was kind of like Amy Grant. It felt like Amy Grant vibes. Yeah, um, agree. And then the second one, uh, it felt like the producers heard like Paula Abdul and Janet Jackson. And they were that's kind of like the vibe they were kind of giving. Yeah, a little Tiffany. Um, I think a lot of people say Tiffany because of the hair teasing, right? Like, Yeah. But it was definitely trying to ca- capture that early 90s. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Her first album went platinum. She had three singles. It was a success. The second album, not so much. And that actually led her to be dropped by her label at the time. And then kind of, you know, after she graduated high school, she went to Toronto to do some songwriting and then ultimately came to the States to work with Glenn Ballard when she was 19 and they worked on what would be Jagged Little Pill. And it was such a departure from those two albums. Obviously she's grown, but it's like, you know, when you go from pop princess to really singing these emotional lyrics about love, heartbreak, relationships, all that stuff. It was just a completely different vibe. Yeah. I mean, she was a child star she was uh in the you can't do that on television on nickelodeon that was on nickelodeon uh, yeah oh i didn't realize that yeah that's not the image that people associate Alanis with yeah totally i mean and what i love about like so people in canada of course knew Alanis morissette right like even to the fact that you know i'm sure a canadian writer um, from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Like, she, they incorporated uh, an Alanis Morissette character in that show. I'm sure the listeners do not, did not watch um, How I Met Your Mother, but I did. Yep. <laughs> and there was a character that um, is called Robin Sparkles, and um, that's a Canadian pop star, and it's definitely, like, referencing Alanis Morissette. And uh, her big song was Let's Go to the Mall. Um, which is hilarious. <laughs> it was played by uh, Kobe Smulders from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm. How You Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. But let's get back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, you know, she dropped by the label. She came to the States to start uh, writing songs. Didn't have any deal, but was just kind of like, we're going to just want to write, want to write these songs. So they actually... Um, shopped songs to various labels, No Bites, until Guy Siri, who uh, co-founded Maverick Records with, with Madonna, was like, there's something about that. I like that, Alana. So let's, let's sign you up, which is, you know, kind of amazing. And she and Glenn Ballard penned the entire album, and then Glenn ba- Ballard produced the entire um, album. And lots of these songs were written in a relatively short period of time because that they were just so in tune that that's just kind of how it worked. 
And they recorded the album for about a year. And then it was released on June 13th of 1995. It peaked at number one on the Billboard 200, making Morissette the first Canadian woman to top the chart, which was pretty huge. And then internationally, it, um, it charted quite well. And of course, there's tons of songs that we just cannot get out of our head. Love them or hate them, they're in your mind and you can't help but like hum along when you listen to them. We all loved the album. The album was amazing and gave us all these hits. Um, but I remember listening to a interview uh, where Alanis called this album a permission giver because growing up, society told her that she could not show fear, sadness, and anger. And tracks on these albums basically is showing those things you know society tells both boys and girls that you can't show emotions right and she's challenging that with this album all those things yeah absolutely i thought it was interesting i didn't i didn't know this but jagged little pill the actual title of the album is a lyric from the you learn track that jagged little pill symbolizes the difficult life experiences that eventually teach us a valuable lesson. And I think, you know, to, to the point that you just made, like she was stifled and she wasn't able to kind of talk about those things previously. So um, she's talking about them now and, you know, it, it's, it's a pill that you need, but it's, it's a better one, but it's one that you need to, to swallow. It feels good swimming in your stomach. Yep. There you go. I mean, as a, <laughs> I mean, as a cancer, and that's the common theme through all these episodes, right? Like, I love the that part of it, right? Like, all like the sadness, the anger, and all that stuff. Just sit in it because it's that's what life is. It's like acknowledging them. I think I remember listening to another interview where Alanis was talking about Canadians and how they're they're polite and they're self aware, but to the point where like they could be a little passive aggressive. Yeah. If you cross them, they will explode or implode. Mm. So, you know, really, like, because, like, you know, you don't express your emotions and, and you should. And um, I think she gives us the liberty, the license to do that with, with the songs on this track. I mean, on this album. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't know that one hit harder than You Ought to Know, which was the lead single from this album. It peaked at number three on the active rock charts, number seven on the contemporary hit radio charts, and um, number one for the Billboard Alternative Songs chart. It was the only song, however, in Canada not to hit number one or two. Is that true? That, that's what I read. There was some speculation that that might have had something to do with the programmers being resistant to play it on air. Wow. Which... I mean, do you think that Canadians would have an issue with playing a song about going down on someone in the theater? Um, yeah, I'm sure it's something you don't want to talk about. Right. But the Americans, they're like, yes, <laughs> give it to us. Yes. Work, queen, work. <laughs> and, you know, the gratuitous fuck yeah. in a song. Like, shocking, right? Yeah. And for, for a woman to be saying this. Oh, yeah. A woman talking about sex? No. Wow. And of course, this was perceived as her being angry. 
which she was, but mm-hmm. you know what? She had a right to, but you know, you know, you, listen, society doesn't like women showing emotion like you mentioned. So this was like, right. yeah, she's going to show, not only is she going to show emotions, she is going to come in blazing whilst doing so. What's interesting was that um, Alanis never actually identified anyone as the ex-boyfriend who she portrayed in the song. What? Yeah. She's never confirmed or denied anything. Lots of people think it's Dave Collier, Collier, Collier aka Uncle Joey from, oh, yeah. from Full House. Um, and apparently he thinks it's him too, but she's never, she's never confirmed or denied that. Um, and there's other people too who, who think that that is that it's them. And um, I saw an interview with her that was interesting. She was just kind of like, why would you be in such a rush to actually confirm that it's you? Because this is the, we're talking about a douchebag here, basically. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, and again, like this is, we're talking 28 years old. It came out in 95. So yeah, 28 years old. You know, still, after all this time, she still constantly gets asked that same, that same question. Um, and she never confirms or, or denies it. She said, but she said one day maybe she will, but the time is not now. Like Taylor Swift, right? She doesn't talk about who she's singing about. <laughs> uh oh, the Swifties are gonna come for me. I know, and we know how much you love, <laughs> love Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, so. Uh, one thing that I thought was cool about the actual record was that the another thing that I thought was interesting was that Dave Navarro played guitar on the track and Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers played bass on this track. They had a demo first and then um, Glenn Ballard wanted them to kind of just lay some 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 of their flavor on it and that's what we actually hear on the track you know um i've been told i look like dave navarro and it was um remember that upfront that we were working on uh janice dickinson was um was uh was there she was doing something for the upfronts yes and she considered herself the first supermodel of the world um, and so I was running around, I forgot what, was I pa or something? Probably, yeah. And uh, she stops me. She goes, you know, has anyone told you you look like Dave Navarro? And I said, oh, no, but I'm going to take that as a compliment. And she looked at me and she goes, you should. <laughs> <laughs> Janice, if you're listening, is that true? Is that accurate? We're still making that shit up. I'm sure she still remembers that. (laughs) That little interaction we had. No, I could I could see it. Uh, I could see it. It's a a facial hair and the and the head top hair. Right. And this is a podcast, which is a great medium to show that. Um, But I kind of love that Flea and Dave Navarro were on this. You know what I mean? Like love it. Cred. Like like not street cred, but you know cred i love it i gotta say and and we, I'll, I'll get back to the matter at hand but i've i felt like i have a a new a respect for flea because he had mentioned in some documentary or an interview or something he was playing for some 
I don't know if it, maybe it was for a festival or maybe it was a concert or something. And he was playing so hard, like his fingers were bleeding, but it was just kind of like, just put some super glue in it and get back to it. And I'm just kind oh of like, God. that's dedication. So every time I think of Flea, I think of him having super glue in his um, fingers in order to continue playing. I'd be like, oh my God, my hands are bleeding. Take me to the hospital. Not Flea. But in any event, it was nominated for a Grammy Award. Uh, it wound up winning for Best Rock Song and Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. And one of... Alanis's bandmates, one of the, the, the drummer for the touring drummer, he didn't play on the album, but was her touring drummer for quite a while was the late Taylor Hawkins, who we know, um, went on to, to be the drummer for Foo Fighters. RIP, but we also get to see him in the actual music video. And so the music video is very saturated. And we see Alanis walking in the desert, Mojave Desert, with luggage in hand. And she's like walking uh, through the desert and she sits on a bench. We see a shot in a type of fisheye lens. So like yeah. not to like yeah. <laughs> hip hop videos, right? right? Um, where she's going through her luggage and she's dressed in a, a black short dress. And it's a hot desert. So like, why are you wearing black in the desert? <laughs> she's a rocker, man. Yeah, she's a rocker. Um, and then we see her performing with the band um, in like the ruins of a building. And we see Taylor Hawkins, like, as you mentioned, well, actually during that performance, she's uh, rocking a, a, a black leather outfit with a white shirt over it. And so watching that performance, I wrote down in my notes, hairography, because yes. she is whipping that hair back and forth before Willow ever did. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> Don't do not <laughs> laugh at my awful jokes. Uh, so we see her walking on a white uh, on the white sand with her black outfit, and um, it's giving the feeling like she's going on a trek. And she opens her luggage and changes uh, into her white outfit, um, the white leather outfit, like midriff, and um, she's she's kind of like dressing according to the environment. Um. And then she runs away and continues in her journey. And then after the bridge, uh, we see her walking in a green meadow with colorful flowers. And then when she's in the meadow, she opens her luggage and puts on a blue silky shirt on and she like lays on the grass. And it's, it's the point of the song when she says like, every time, you know, I scratch What's the lyric? Every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, can you feel, feel it? it? I hope yeah. you feel it. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like the transitions of the song is like the beginning, she's in a hot dress, a black dress in the hot desert, and she's like upset and it's it's uncomfortable. And then later she goes into the white dress and the white outfit and she's just kind of like, I guess processing it and like running away from it. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the the grassy knoll. I love a grassy knoll. <laughs> the green meadow with the color flowers. And she's at this point, she lays down, she's relaxed. Like she it's like the closure she had. Like she's comfortable, like yeah. fucking someone else, you know? And so she yeah. it seems like she finds peace. And yeah, and then she continues her journey, right? Um 
she's like walking and then she starts hitchhiking you you see her uh stick out her thumb and her journey continues so do you think that do you think the video portrayed her getting closure in a believable way yeah i think when you're like fucking someone else you forget about the things you were angry about i guess <laughs> i mean until you stop and then you're like oh maybe oh god yeah but <laughs> and, you know i mean i think with her like hitchhiking and continuing her journey um it feels hopeful mm. you know and i think she even mentioned like this song really it's anger but it's more sadness right and so yeah she is saying like let me bear the cross that you gave me like let me like yeah feel this anger let me feel this sadness and um yeah yeah and be angry about it for a bit and that's great and that's fine fair absolutely and um she also mentioned that she had a tough time kind of continually singing this song because this was you know when she first wrote it was it was painful for her um obviously after some time you kind of you know you you work through it and you 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 heal you're on your healing journey and it, it becomes becomes easier but you know when you're 19 and you are sharing these feelings because you're still we're all still constantly developing and evolving and figuring out ourselves but when you're 19 you're really still going through that so to actually no i'm done i'm done i'm i'm done developing <laughs> No, this is it. You're never done. You're you're you're, ne you're never done. No, you're, you're never done. You're never done. So I'm gonna get worse. <laughs> well, yes, that that is true. Unfortunately, <gasps> for me, no, for for us all. Okay, for us all, we're gonna have one hand basket. It is what it is. <laughs> Let's enjoy the ride. Exactly, but yeah, her not only showing these emotions, but in such a a super vulnerable way is it's kind of wow because i think you know that age group definitely yeah. understood and it resonated with them but it also i think it, it would definitely resonate with anybody who's ever been through any type of less than amicable breakup and you know the the opening lines like i want you to know that i'm happy for you which of course when we break up we want to be happy most of us eventually get to the place where we're happy, but of course we are kind of, we want to say face. We want to be like, no, I'm happy for you. You, you do you. I want nothing. I want nothing but the best. I want you to be happy. We've all said those, those words, but it's just kind of like, then it kind of gets progressively like darker. It's kind of like, yeah, I want the best for you, but is the new replacement, is she, is she like me? Is she perverted? Like, is she going to do the things that I know that you love? You know, expressing this and and wanting to be joyful, similar to to Robin right. in ways with call your girlfriend. It's like you know, let her down easy. Tell her it's not her not her fault. This is almost um, like an answer to the <laughs> the other side. The the other side of it. Um, yep. And they're, and they're both you know worthy sides. And she delivers it all you know passionately every time where you feel like like I never had this type of scenario this particular scenario but I feel like every time I heard this song 
I felt like I was wronged in this very specific way. Right. You know, and that's what you want to do as a musician. Want your audience to really, um, you really want to pull them in to make them feel like they are feeling those things too. Yeah. Feelings. And I think she even said it like, like uh, later on that she feels that as soon as she writes the song and releases it, she doesn't feel like it's her song anymore because everyone could take from it what they want. You know, they kind of interpret it what, you know, what it means for them because it's their feeling, you know, their feelings count as well. Yeah. So she kind of gives it to like to the audience. And yeah, I think she's even mentioned that she loves that people will take a line and use that as a mantra or use that to like get through their day. Um, and if she could provide that, she she finds that like fulfilling, which is really altruistic that's what you really want of the from the from the from the artists that you um love and and vibe with yeah i mean i but i do love that like for the people who didn't know who she was before they're like who is this rocker chick right but that's not really alanis right and i think i remember wrestling with the idea where it's like oh no she's like this pop like Tiffany type person and she's coming in and putting this facade as she's a rocker. Yeah. But once this album came out and you realize, well, she's multifaceted, right? Yeah. Like she could be angry. She could be sad. Yeah. She could be a rocker chick. Like why peg people into like a genre or a type of person? Like we're many things. Damn it. <laughs> we're, we're many things. Damn it. I know. <laughs> I know they they really like to do that with with women. Um, yeah, just kind of put them in a in a box. In a box. Um, yeah, which is unfortunate. I blame the patriarchy. Talk to your boys. They don't listen to me. Call a meeting. They don't listen to me because I talk to other boys. <laughs> Wait, are you? Oh, wow. Did did I just did I did I out you? I'm sorry. My apologies. Uh Oh, I'm I'm not gay. I just hook up with guys on occasion. Got it. Very different. You're a man who sleeps with men. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for, for clarifying that. So wait, when you have one hand in your pocket, does that mean something? Is that like a signal in gay lingo? Well, yeah, but I think it's inappropriate. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> That brings us to the next song, which is Hand in My Pocket. Yes. So this was the second single that was released five months after the album was released. It peaked at number one in Canada, and it became her first number one single there. It became the second number one hit on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock track charts. And it also did well internationally, charting in Australia, New Zealand, and throughout Europe. Alanis plays harmonica on this track. Um, fun fact, Glenn Ballard put the track together using a Lin 9000 sequencer. And it was a, this was just really for demo purposes. And he planned to replace that with actual instruments, but they liked the sound of this demo sound. So that's what they went with for the, for the album, which I think is always cool when you are, you know, 
do something a little bit more lo-fi um, because they actually did a more polished version, but then they wound up not liking that version and went, you know, reverted to the original. And, you know, I like that version. Yeah. And I think they even mentioned that like most of the album is like one or two takes. Uh, they wanted to keep the rawness of it. They didn't want to be, I think they said too precious with it. Yeah. Um, which is refreshing, right? Because it's yeah. like everything's so produced and polished and it's like, yeah, yes. When it comes to emotions, sometimes like raw, like the raw, raw emotion is yeah. best to be captured. Raw is definitely the word for this um, album because it was, it was raw lyrically and, you know, production wise. And it made for a great album that sold millions and millions and millions Less is more sometimes. Agree. And the music video was actually filmed in Windsor Terrace in Brooklyn, New York. Windsor Terrace? Oh. What's that neighborhood like? It's a little bit past Park Slope. Nice. Um, yeah, but it shows Windsor Terrace in a really nice light. Um, I mean, the video is in black and white. And we see all walks of life. Uh watching a parade go by um and i remember watching this music video and seeing people of color on an alanis tr like track and i i don't know why but i felt comfort i was like oh yeah she's like she's yeah. a good one <laughs> you know what I mean? like she welcomes us and so that was really comforting to see that uh, how she incorporated like normal people in music videos right yeah no totally i thought the same thing when i was re-watching it i was like oh and it didn't seem like a um a specifically conscious decision to just like oh pan to the african-american man pan to the latino that's flicking his friend like it just was just kind of like they're capturing this um this moment this yeah. parade and the people the many people who go to parades and in Brooklyn, diverse neighborhood, yeah. um, you know, let's capture all the people. Yeah. And they also capture uh, the Kipps Bay Boys and Girls Club. They make a cameo in that video. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Good eye. Yeah. And we see, <laughs> so we see a lot of people doing the, like, the royal wave, like where they're cupped their, ha their hands. And mm -hmm. like, like I mentioned, we see people of all races and creeds. Uh, we see a marching band. We see drag queens who apparently um, are extremely dangerous nowadays. And um, yeah, we also see straight guys uh, punch each other, which apparently are actually extremely dangerous nowadays. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But then we see everyone, right? Like we see cyclists, we see children, we see the police and everyone's getting along. We see Alanis in a, uh, she's driving um uh, a car um and she's she has like a 70s collar um it's as if she's driving like the the mayor or like a pageant winner um and yeah and so she's and there's a shot where she's just staring at the camera and like people are just walking by her you see the marching band like walk around her um but one of my favorite shots of this music video is um, a large black man who's like in the horn section 
of the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's walking by and he looks straight at the camera and smiles. And it's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> breaks the fourth wall. I love when people break the fourth wall. Although she was, I mean, she was obviously like singing to the camera. Um, <laughs> we see like a bald lady kiss a hot guy, which was hot. <laughs> we see flamenco dancers, which was also hot. We see Alanis saying, um, I'm free, but I'm focused. Mm-hmm. But when she says that, um, she's unfocused. And I thought, that's cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> and I do love this, the the line where she goes, I'm hard, but I'm friendly, baby. And then you see a baby who's scared with, like, a large puppet, like, costume that's, like, walking down the parade. And the baby's, like, sad. So it's adorable. And then um, the line where she says, I'm brave, but I'm chicken shit. And you see the marching. <laughs> yeah. And he steps yeah. on shit. <laughs> so good. Brilliant. Cheeky. I love it. <laughs> and then you see streakers. And then she sings the line. Um, I'm yeah. sick, but I'm pretty. Baby. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then you see a, a, a cyclist uh, causes a lady to tip over her cup onto herself. And that kind of ushers the rain, mm-hmm. which is like a wonderful transition. And then you see like the rain coming down and um, everyone stays in the parade and everyone's still having a good time. No one's like running away. Um, and I think it's like saying, you know, you can still enjoy life when life is raining on your parade. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's the line where she goes, because everything is fine, fine, fine. Yeah. And I love songs that reassure and tell me that everything's going to be okay and life is fine yes yeah and then she sings you know she has one hand in her pocket and the other one's hailing a taxi cab and then you see children dressed as like taxi cabs yeah (laughs) which is like adorable right and then and i remember when that track came out that line when she says i'm hailing a taxi cab that brought such comfort to me because i always thought yeah, like if things are going bad, you can always just leave, you mm-hmm. know, and start start new. And the idea of just like, yeah, you just if you're not in a good situation, just try to find a new one. And yeah, um, yeah. and then we see, you know, Atlantis becomes unfocused and fades out, and we, we Atlantis is playing us out with her harmonica. Great video, loved it. It was like wholesome and sweet. Yeah, it really is. And I, I, I like the lyric, what it all boils down to is that no one's really got it figured out just yet. Again, with the with the comforting line, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't have my shit together. But guess what? A lot of people don't. But we're gonna we're gonna work work through it. But no one told us. But, yeah, but but Alanis let us know. It's like it's 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 gonna it's gonna be fine. Like you're you're gonna be okay. And you can figure things out as you're as you're going along you can multitask you, you can do one thing while your other hand is in your pocket right multitasking <laughs> that's what the song is about you know but actually kind of there's a valid point there right where i kind of love where it's like there's all these negative things right but then it's also positive it's like like she says i'm sick but i'm pretty you know what i mean like i'm i'm hard but i'm friendly like when she said that, I kind of related to that, right? Because especially growing up in a teen, as a teen, like, yeah. uh, especially in Latin culture, like we needed to be like 
you know, macho guys yeah. and like you had to be rough. And when she says like, I'm hard, but I'm friendly. It's like, you can be both things. You don't like going back to what we were saying earlier. You don't have to peg yourself. Yeah, you could be at your low point, but you know what? You could do good things while you're in your low point, right? So Exactly. That was really comforting. Yeah. It's like, you know, even even though this video isn't black and white, life isn't black and white. You, multiple things can be true at the at the same time. And that is kind of the beauty of of life. The the dichotomy of life. She's broke but she's she's happy. It's like, you know, when you think of people being broke, you're like they're sad. They hate being broke. They're it's they're depressed, but it's like, no. I'm, I don't have money, but like I'm still happy. Yeah. It's such a great song. So poetic. Yeah. Do you think there was anything in that song that was ironic though? <laughs> what a great song. Um don't you think? Yeah, I was reading an article about uh, ironic and how, of course, none of the things she talks about is ironic. But she kind of tricked us because the irony is that the song is about irony and there's nothing ironic in it. Yes, that is <laughs> a take for sure. Yeah. One could argue that. Whether they thought that, whether yeah. they were going for that, right? who knows, but... They got a lot of shit for that. Oh, they did. Yeah. I mean, as the song was climbing up the charts, but people were were still like, that's not ironic. It's creative. You're not going to be like, isn't it coincidental? That doesn't have a good ring to it. You're not you're not going to be like, doesn't that just suck? You're not going to do that. Isn't that just inconvenient? <laughs> But that being said, she's asking the question, isn't that ironic, don't you think? And then I guess the answer would be like, no. No, yeah. But she's not She's not going to be like a traffic jam when you're already late to a traffic convention. Because that would be ironic. But no. like, you're not, you can't add those lyrics. Let me try one. It's like 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife in a knife factory. That's ironic. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a ring to it. Oh my god, let's do let's do a remake, but then make the the all those like situations actually ironic. Well, they did. She did do a song on James the James Corden show. Oh yeah. right, <laughs> kind of like yeah. All right, guys, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun because you know, take taking the piss out of herself, which I, I always love when, when yeah. people kind of can do that. But listen, we can we can go on and on. Yeah. And even um in the musical Jagged Little Pill, mm -hmm. right? Where the, the whole scene it's like, this is not irony. <laughs> like disclaimer, like that's not ironic. Right. And like they're just yeah. They're self aware. Totally. And that's a, that's also what we want from our from our from our the musicians that we love for them to be self aware, even if it's like 10, 20 years, you know, down the line. You know, we all we heard this song everywhere. It did well. It was a commercial success. I thought it was interesting. I wasn't aware of this before. Alanis wasn't really crazy about the song. She didn't really want it, particularly want it on the album until everybody else was like, no, have to have this on the album. And then she was just kind of like, all right. Which I always think is interesting that the, some of the biggest songs 
for these artists are ones that just did not initially resonate with them. I heard the opposite. I heard that she, <laughs> that this was like the, her and um, uh, who's the producer? Um, Glenn Ballard. Again, yeah, her and Glenn wrote a couple of songs, maybe three or four. And um, when they wrote this one, um, this was the first song that they wrote that made the album. And she said that she thought that it set the tone uh, for their writing and their, you know, storytelling. Who do you believe? Both those things can be true. Isn't that ironic? Listen, maybe. Yeah. I was listening to um, an interview with her and she said that she wasn't crazy about that song. But it could be that it did set the tone because it was um, it was a song that they wrote together. Glenn Ballard had mentioned that they were having lunch and uh, Alana said something like, wouldn't it be ironic for a man to win the lottery and die the next day? And it kind of just went on from there. So they really just started having fun with it. So I could see it as a song that they had fun with, that they vibed with, that really kind of cemented their um, their collaboration. But she could still have been like, yeah, I don't really want it on the album at a certain period of time. But later on in the process, she might have been like, oh, no, that does. That is good. I do want that on the album. But she definitely mentioned from her mouth that she wasn't crazy about it. <laughs> she mentioned it from her mouth. <laughs> well, I heard it from her mouth as well. Um, <laughs> but I think, well, she was doing the rounds. Like uh, what I heard was um, when she was doing the rounds for, um, you know, promoting the album. So I'm sure, you know, it might have been a different story. Just uh, yeah. She could have grown grown to love it. And honestly, listen, she could have had, she was 19. That could have been the talking point at the moment, right. at the time. Because this particular interview that I saw, she was much older kind of reflecting uh, yeah. on it. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But in any event, like huge, huge tune. Um, what did you think of this video? Yeah, I love this music video because it was directed by Stefan Senlin. And he directed one of my favorite Bjork videos, Big Time Sensuality. Good one. It's so creative. We start with Alanis Morissette at a gas station, and she walks into a Lincoln Continental Mark B. People love their uh, Continentals, right? Like, they love their muscle cars. They do. It's true. There's a theme, for sure. We saw it with Aaliyah. They're like a big car. SWV, I think, had one, too. Yeah. <laughs> So she jumps into a car. She has a coffee in her in her hand, and um, yeah, she drives off, and that's how we start the video. So she's wearing a pink hat, a pink winter hat, or as Canadians call a toque. I did not know that. Yeah, um, and so she has a, a a striped scarf and a coat. Um, she's driving with sky blue gloves, uh, not cerulean blue, just sky blue. To be clear, and it's winter, so you can see. Um, that there's snow and ice on the car when she jumps into it. And then we see it, the, the POV of a person on the passenger side while she's driving. And um, Alanis begins to sing while she's driving. And it starts out really somber. And then she adjusts the rear view mirror and we see another Alanis. And then uh, the driving Alanis asks, isn't it ironic, don't you think? Which brings us to a third Alanis, mm -hmm. which is wearing a green sweater. And she's like twisting and contorting, screaming like from the top of her lungs. It's like high energy. She uh, she turns to her right 
Mm-hmm. And then she sees the second Atlantis, Atlantis that we didn't see, but we kind of saw a glimpse of. And she's like eating a snack and telling us a story about Mr. Play It Safe. Uh-huh. And the energy is a little calmer with yellow Atlantis, right? It feels childlike, mm-hmm. but it seems a little more mature. And so she's telling the story and then she reaches her hand over to the front passenger seat mm-hmm. to ask if it's ironic to a fourth Alanis who's wearing a red sweat. And she seems to be energized and she looks into the camera and she opens the window and she pulls herself out of the, the car while it's moving. And so this feels like a, a young teen vibe, right? Where it's like, she can handle herself, but she's still kind of being immature. Mm-hmm. And so driving Alanis was like, not okay. And she like tells her to get back in. But um, she's not really upset. She's more like, oh my God, like this one over here. <laughs> um, and all the other Alanises are just like having a good time and they're super excited. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, adult Alanis tells us that life is a funny way. And so it's kind of soothing. Green sweater Alanis gets tired and starts dozing off. So I feel like that's kind of like toddler energy, right? Because you kind of came in really like hyper, but then like, you know, toddlers get a little tired. Yeah. Red sweater uh, Alanis continues singing. And then yellow Alanis says the line about meeting the man of her dreams and meeting his beautiful wife. And so she kind of feels like the sensitive one, right? Like, and then everything kind of gets somber when, when they say that line. And then Alanis, the adult Alanis, takes her pussy hat off and throws it to the green Alanis, like to, to lighten the mood. And then everyone just starts singing, and they're like we're like in a good mood again. And um, yeah, it's like it's a it's a fun ride. And then all of a sudden, adult Alanis slows down the song by saying, "Life is a funny way again." And then the car actually slows down, and then she notices that she's out of gas, which is funny. <laughs> Because she starts out at a gas station and she doesn't put gas in the car. Right. Adorable. So is that in any way, shape, or form ironic? No. I don't think it's ironic. So she's at the gas station, but she would it be ironic if she ran out of gas at a gas station? It would be ironic if the gas station ran out of gas. Right? <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What What do you think? Email us at uh, remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. Yes. Do it. Hit us up. Shout out to the editor for this um, because that's a, that's a big edit job. Oh, yeah. That was my take on it. But I know she did an interview with Vogue in 2015 where she, she mentioned that her clothes in the video reflect the personalities of each character. And so she said the driver is the one that's in control. She's the responsible one, which makes sense. The spunky character she refers to as a quirkster was the one wearing the yellow sweater. And she had a um, a crown with uh, long swaying braids. The passenger seat girl was wearing the, you know, the red sweater and pajama pants was the romantic one, the wistful one. Um, but also seen as the risk taker, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girl that was like headbanging, the one in the green sweater, mm-hmm. um, Alanis identified with that character the most, mm-hmm. the fun and frolicky, frolicky one, um, the one that gets into trouble. So do you think she sees herself as 
a young toddler because <laughs> that's kind of what i saw you know what i mean like because even the way she was like you know uh, performing her arms it was just kind of like movements that you did when you were a child like unrestrained i think she relates to all of them in some form or fashion no she has to be one she has to be one no she's all of them she needs to be what? And that's why she portrayed all of them, because they're all different aspects of her personality. So there. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Is this the first time you're right and I'm wrong? Perhaps. I mean, there's a bit of a theme from the, you know, the uh the hand in my pocket. She's, you know, you don't you don't have to be just one thing. We're we're not a, a monolithic wow. people. We can be many things. You can be many things and one. You'll learn. Deal. You'll learn. Transition. So the next single was uh, the fourth <laughs> single from the album. And uh, that was You Learn. It won Juno Award for Single of the Year. Juno Award is like the, the Canadian version of the Grammys. Oh, Juno. <laughs> Do not laugh. I'm sorry. We're keeping it in. It also received two Grammy nominations for Record of the Year and Best Short Form Music Video. It was nominated for six MTV Beauty Video Music Awards, and it won three of them. And also fun fact about this little song, the very first pop-up video featured You Learn and TLC um, Waterfalls. <gasps> what? Yeah. Wow. You learn something new every day. And I guess you learn a lot in pop-up video. I see what you did there. Did you know that you learn samples Mr. Loverman Shaba, Shaba ranks? You know what? I think it was the Roland keyboard Glenn Ballard used for this track. And when you have these different keyboards, you get different plugins and mm -hmm. expansion cards and that kind of like preset samples that you can access. But they apparently didn't, they as in Roland, yeah. they didn't clear the sample. Ballard was doing it. He's using this keyboard that's really supposed to have cleared samples on it. So they were off the hook. They were like, I didn't, I just used what they gave me. And then I think um, they wound up suing Roland. And then now that particular expansion card, I think it was, I think it might've been a dance expansion card. They don't do that anymore because of, um... I'm assuming is that is that issue. But I didn't realize that it was that Mr. Loverman. Cause there was another Mr. Loverman set that I saw. I was, I thought that right. was, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, I guess they're not rolling with the homies anymore. I guess not. <laughs> so the music video, we uh, so we see Alanis practicing her handstands in her blue room, and um, she puts on a white jacket that's giving us a, a Adidas, but it's not. It's a, a jacket with stripes. And so she walks onto her fire escape and climbs down to the meatpacking district in Manhattan. MPD. <laughs> Uh, she crosses the street and uh, causes a collision and a huge accident. And people are getting out of their cars. They're upset. They're just like, it's becoming like a bit of a riot. And meanwhile, Alanis like climbs over the cars just to 
get over it and just to you know go where she needs to go to the point where there's a man who tries to stop her to to be like look look at what you caused and she's like no i'm sorry like i gotta keep going which i think is kind of like the message of the song right it's like yeah you could have done something that wasn't great but you learn from it and you just gotta keep on going yeah there's a theme here a jagged little theme (laughs) so yeah i guess (laughs) um so um, and then we see her walking by a building that's on fire and the fire department's climbing uh climbing up the ladder to put it out and a piece of the building falls uh and misses her then all of a sudden it turns into night and then we see Alanis riding a white horse next to the fire engine for no reason. Just because. It's the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just hanging out in the meatpacking district with horses. Um, and so she she rides the horse into a gym, a, like a gymnasium, a gym. And now she's wearing a red jacket with white stripes. But then now that I'm thinking about it, like the white horse, is she saying that she's doing cocaine? She's riding the white horse? Maybe. And so, oh my God. And that's what it is, right? Like She might be. You know, you take drugs and you learn. You know, you learn from your experiences. And so she jumps off the horse and there's a uh, basketball, um, I don't know what you what sports people say, but a match going on? Basketball match? Probably some sort of pickup game. Game? Game. <laughs> game. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a basketball game going on and, um, someone passes her the ball and she shoots and she scores. You live, you learn, right? Yeah. So we later see Alanis doing backflips along the West side highway and it's clearly not her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I always find it comical when they do that. And then like, you see their face and they're like, like when they're done and they just seem all distraught. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they did a, a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, then she's in a gray zip-up uh, jacket, and then there's a crowd where they're watching a street performer, and he, and it's it's like he's miming, and so she kind of interrupts and kisses him. Um, in my notes, I wrote eyeliner because her eyeliner is really severe in that shot. Um, and then she proceeds to go through some caution t- caution tape and uh, walks up a ramp to which a you know, piers like it's by the piers yeah. in the West Side Highway. Mm-hmm. And so she jumps off and she's wearing a green zip up and yellow stripes. Um, and we see her braided hair. Um, and I'm always, I don't know always how I feel about those braids. I'm like, well, yeah, how do I feel about that? <laughs> I think they tried to dread it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she falls down and, um, she lands on the street where um she's lands next to a car and there's pies there's like plates of like whipped cream on top of a car and now she's wearing a blue uh zip up and then we see taylor hawkins uh r.i.p um he hits her with a pie in the face and then the whole band gets into the food fight and so they're having a great time and then then we see alanis wearing a black zip up with white stripes entering a boxing ring uh, with boxing gloves and there's a lady boxer there and that lady boxer proceeds to kick her ass 
And uh, we see she hits her and we see Alanis go straight to the floor of the ring and she makes direct <laughs> eye contact with us, like giving us a look like, fuck. <laughs> and then she gets out of the ring and walks away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, right? Because it's like all those situations, like they didn't seem entirely bad for her, right? But she was still like possibly learning from those experiences. But I think the last one where it's like she got knocked the fuck out mm-hmm. um, was something where it it seemed humbling, right? Where she was like, yeah, well, I did all those things, but, you know, this sucked, but I learned from it too. What are your thoughts about the music video? Simply put, you live and you and you learn, like trying new experiences, different things. That's the only way that you're going to learn from different from different things. In, in verse two, she's like, I recommend biting off more than you can chew. I recommend sticking your foot in your mouth at any time. Feel free. Lots of us play it safe. We kind of do what we think we can do and that's, and that's it. Um, <laughs> we wanna be so careful about the things that we say. We hold it back and we don't say anything, but it's just kind of like, no, you gotta, you gotta grow. A wise man once said to me that you can't grow if you, um, without a little discomfort. Do you remember when you said that to me? I said that? Yeah. You're so, you're so wise. And then a hero comes along <laughs> with the strength to carry on. I wouldn't use the word hero, but um, I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, she's, you know, just, just kind of walking through life. This kind of reminded me of the ironic video only in the fact that, you know, she had so many costume changes. Right. (laughs) Some some fun facts in regards to to the costume changes. All those tracksuits came from the thrift store and she got to keep them all. Oh, amazing. Which is, you know, pretty cool. The shot of her climbing down a fire escape was just a single shot from a 35 foot crane. And the white horse that she rode in, her name was Dolly. You mean the cocaine? The cocaine horse was, her name was Dolly, cocaine (laughs) Dolly. And she was 10 years old and she cost a hundred bucks an hour, which is pretty cheap, I would say, you know, it'd be much more expensive um, in these days. In order to get Dolly into the gym, the crew used carrots to coax her into the gym. That shot that Alanis took, she sunk it in that in that first take. No, she didn't. So listen, all all of this is according to pop up video. So um, that's what they that's what they said. And I, I believe it. I believe it. I'll take it from them. I believe it. Good for her. And like you mentioned, it obviously wasn't her doing those backflips, but it was her stand in who was, happened to be a fifteen year old gymnast in a wig. The woman in the boxing ring was actually the casting director. So the casting director casted herself as the woman in the boxing ring. Whether or not she thought she was the best person for the gig or she was just kind of like, shit, the person didn't show up. So I guess I'm in the picture. Who knows? But I think she I think she worked. And I will say that the boxing ring also made me think of um, SWV week because they also had a, um, a boxing ring shot. And I'm like, what is it about the 90s and these boxing rings? I love rings? some boxing. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like there's a conflict of interest with uh, the casting director casting herself. Listen, when you get in a pickle, this, maybe they ran out of money on in the budget line, and she was like, "I'll do it." Who knows? It could have been a variety. Could have been a variety of things. If you are the casting director and you have tea, please feel free to <laughs> email us and let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And no shade. <laughs> At all. At all. Yeah, I mean, it, I love that we end the music video when she gets knocked head over feet. Brilliant. Yeah. Head over feet. Fifth single. Released as a radio-only single which made it ineligible to enter the Billboard Hot 100, but it did reach the top 40. And um, it was her third consecutive song to do that. Also reached number one on the adult pop hits, um, which was also her first song to do that. Um, and then it was commercially successful in Canada in the, in the UK. Um, this was a pretty, there were actually two versions of this video. The US video was basically a very simple close-up shot of Alanis singing and playing the harmonica. You mean harmonica? <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. What's wrong with me? That what's wrong with me this week? I love this new you. No, I don't like it. And then there was also another video that showed basically it was just kind of her and the and the and the bandmates just kind of jamming out around um so so what did you think of the the u.s version which is i think referred to as the head version makes sense um because we see her head i have on my notes eyes because i've never noticed her eyes before like they're intense they're gorgeous yeah um and so yeah the music video is uh, like you said like a close-up of alanis you know she's singing the song um when the chorus comes in she stops singing as if someone yelled like cut it seems like she's distracted and then she just joins the refrain towards the end of the refrain um mm -hmm. and then yeah she starts the verse again and then it happens again where she just stops it feels like what we mentioned earlier right where when they were recording the album they they wanted it stripped down they didn't want they didn't want to overly produce and so i think i think they told her like maybe we're just doing a test run and just do what you think you know just lip sync to the song or just sing the song and she did that and just she just felt like it felt natural it felt like no pretense and she was just doing what she felt natural like yeah you know, at one point she pats her head and then she touches her face and you know it, it seems like someone's talking to her and it seems unintelligible and um yeah the video ends with her smiling and she walks out of focus and so it's like one shot but yeah i mean i think it's overall like the song is just stripped down and this is who i am and she's fallen head over feet with someone who just accepts her for who she is. Yeah. And it's just what you see is what you get. And she's fallen for someone who, who sees her. Yeah, totally. One of my favorite lines in this one is you've already won me over in spite of me, which is like, mm. normally I took that as like, normally I would do some shit to fuck this up. 
I'm toxic and I'm gonna oh, self sabotage. So um self sabotage. So like yeah, but she's like, no, you've won me over and like and, and like I, I'm I'm into it. I'm actually I'm buying it. Like, you know, you treat me like a princess and I actually I, I like that. Like that's I love that for me. And just the simplicity. You asked me how my day was. It's just the little things. It's just the little things that mean so much. Yeah. Um, but this music video reminds me of the Janelle, Janelle Monet video. Are you talking about Cold War? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it reminds me because it's like it's an extreme cl- close up. But with like Janelle Monet, she's like crying and really evoking like, you know, the song and Alanis take is different, but um, you know, any extreme close-up music videos, you know, remind me of themselves. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't polished and she wasn't like it wasn't like a dead-on lip sync. I'm just mouthing these words, but I, I feel it and that's it. I don't have to be perfect. Like you get the vibe. You see me, you see my eyes. It's just on me while I'm saying these words. I'm real, I'm speaking from the heart. Crystal. Are you being vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. And that's all I really want. <laughs> yes. And our last single of a Jagged Little Pill is All I Really Want, which was released as the album's sixth and final single in the UK in November of 1996, and then in the US in the following month. Um, it actually originated from a song called The Bottom Line, which was the very first song that Alanis wrote with Glenn Ballard. Um, it peaked at number one. Nope. Wrong. It peaked at number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock Tracks. Um, there was no official video, but there was a promo video that combined footage from concerts and footage from You Ought to Know and Hand in My Pocket. Right. And that's what I remember. I remember watching that promo video where it was just, uh, you know, from the tour. It was clips from the tour. And um, I love that they released this song um, because it's the first uh, song on the album, right? And, like, going back to, like, who was it? Like, SWV, um, Aliyah, Aliyah where like they release the first track of the album as a single. And so everyone knows the song. And also that song, if you hear it, you're like, oh, I like this song and it'll make you want to buy the album, right? So um, smart move on their ends to kind of release yeah. it. But yeah, I remember the music video where, where they were just performing. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was uh, from the tour. I had never seen Alanis in tour and it made me want to go see her in tour. So definitely a great promotional uh, tool because yeah, after like listening to all the tracks and then you see this story, you're like, Oh, I want to go see her live. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah, totally. It's interesting how things were marketed much differently back then. Um, Cause there were, I mean, there were a couple of singles that were here that weren't released and that is a tactic to sell more al- albums, the whole album, if you're not going to release it as its own single, which I know there are a lot of times with different artists that 
it was never available on a single. So I had to commit to the whole album. Sometimes it was for the better. And sometimes it was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> no, it's true. But, you know, and things are completely different nowadays, right? Like you could just drop a single and that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> or, or a little, a little, a little EP, little extended play, just three, three or four tracks. Yeah. This was a great album. So introspective. So like self-aware. Yeah. Topics that you normally don't discuss on top 40 radio. Yeah. Um, brilliant. And ushered Alanis into our headphones, our ears, and such an amazing album. So much so that they made a Broadway show about it as yeah. well. So, I mean, for those people who haven't heard the album, definitely check it out. Great, great artistry, great songwriting, great production. Amazing. It took me back. But yeah, such such strong lyrics and such a emotional delivery by her always. I had feelings. I had feelings re-listening to the album. Like yeah. and that's an example or it's a, a sign of good like artistry that you could make people feel things mm -hmm. through lyrics and, and music. Yeah, totally. Well, that leads us to the part of the show that we call, So What Are You Listening To? What are you listening to? Woo, 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 woo. Um, so we have 30 seconds to five hours to um, discuss the song we're listening to this week. And it doesn't have to do with this week's artist or album. It doesn't have to be a good song. It doesn't have to be a bad song. Um, it could be a guilty pleasure. It doesn't have to have a music video, but it can. Um, so yeah, so that leads me to ask you, Crystal. So um, um, what are you listening to? You know me all over the place. But um, I was at the beginning of the week, I had it. I was like, this is going to be the one I'm going to bring up, bring back up into the, into the, into the world, reintroduce it. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go a different direction. And the direction I'm going to go in is her second album, entitled now is the time she had a track on there called rain um it sampled soul the souls keep it moving what it gave me a, a bit of a r&b vibe but i actually i actually liked it i think she's a mezzo soprano she has range she has pipes oh yeah when i listen to jagged little pill that particular aspect of her voice is not showcased it's kind of more about like her delivery and like the lyrics but she's like belting and this, uh, this song kind of gave me those R&B vibes. And there's a section in it where she kind of, um, kind of, kind of like, like a hard whisper. She's like, I would change everything, but I can't do anything. I would give all that I, that I have just to know where you are. And it really reminded me of Lisa Stanfield all around the world when she's <gasps> like, I don't know where my baby is. But I'll find him somewhere, somehow. Little Barry White? I've got to tell him how much I care. I'll never give up looking for my baby. So I think if you listen to that song, I'm sure when you get to that part, you're like, oh, it kind of reminds me of that too. So that's what I'm listening to. Oh my God, Crystal, I need to check that out. I not... you have to. You have to check that out. This is off the second album, you said? This is off the second album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. Check it out. Wow. Very nice. Yep. I will definitely check it out. So now I ask the same of you, sir. What are you listening to? 
Okay, so I'm listening to two things. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> okay, no, I love it. I love it. What what is it? I wonder if what if it was what I was listening to earlier. Tell me. Oh, I'm curious. Probably not. Um, so <laughs> you know, with Alanis's voice, right? Like, there's that you know yodel kind of element to it, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. amazing. And I think you know, before Alanis, we had the cranberries, right? Mm. And so we had. We had uh, Dolores or Reardon. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, I'm saying it correctly. Irish, my Irish folk. Um, and so, what I'm listening to this week is the Cranberries' uh, "Ode to My Family," and that's off the second album. And I mean, it's her voice. You know, I think with artists like the Cranberries, like you know we wouldn't have like Alanis Morissette, we wouldn't have um, like Jewel, we wouldn't have Shakira, you know. Yeah. Um, but this song is so amazing. It's, it's about yearning for a simpler time in your life, like with your family. Um, and the lyrics are amazing. And I do have to go down the lyrics really quickly. Yes, please. Um, it's when she says unhappiness, whereas when I was young and we didn't give a damn because we were raised to see life as fun and take it if we can. My mother, she hold me when I was out there. My father, he liked me. Does anyone care? And so that is just like, oh, it's mm. such a dirge. Yeah. Oh, I feel like it sounds familiar. Did it get, was it, was it played? Was it one of their bigger hits? Yes. It was, this was the second single off uh, the second album, like right after Zombie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The gotcha. video okay. is they're shot. It's shot in Ireland. It's black and white. She has this mm -hmm. a, a amazing, so cool, platinum like blonde uh, pixie mm -hmm. cut. It seems like they're performing in a restaurant like after a funeral, and everyone's just kind of dressed in black, and so it's just like going home and mm -hmm. you know reminiscing of your family. So it's really like it really pulls on your, the heartstrings. Um, so definitely check that out. And then the second thing I'm listening to is Alana Davis was uh, the daughter of a uh, known pianist, Walter Davis Jr., who would play um, with Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie, like jazz legends. Mm -hmm. And so she does a cover, and this is a shout out to all my lesbians. Um, she does a cover to of Annie DeFranco's 32 Flavors. Okay. And so it's a nod to Baskin Robbins, right? So Baskin Robbins had 31 flavors. Mm -hmm. And okay. so she's saying, so it's, a, she's saying she's 32 flavors. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like the Alanis ironic music video, in this music video, there's different versions of herself. Um, I'm assuming it's the 32 flavors. Oh. Um, <laughs> But the the song is so great. Um, again, I'm going to have to read the lyrics really quick. Yes. And I would like to state for the record, I did everything I could do. I'm beyond your peripheral vision, so you might want to turn your head. Because someday you're going to be starving and eating all of the words that you just said. I am what I am. I am 32 flavors and then some. I'm looking for the truth, but there is none. Mm. It's such an empowering song where it's like, I am the shit. And 
you should take notice of who I am. And mm. so I always love listening to that song. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm listening to. Fun. I can't wait to listen to those. You're going to love it. I love it. And we could check out those songs on the So What Are You Listening To Now playlist on YouTube and on Apple Music. That's it. We did it. Great, great show. (laughs) That does it for this edition of Remember Music Videos. Uh, We want to thank everyone who gave us a listen. A huge thank you to Alanis Morissette for giving us something to talk about. Our theme music is by Audrey Harris Culver of Lady Socket. If you'd like to see the music videos we discussed today, you can find them on our YouTube channel, Apple Music, and Facebook. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at RMV Podcast. A reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory, but that could change, so keep checking. If you have any thoughts, if you have a favorite video that you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, go ahead and click that like button, follow us, subscribe, and feel free to give us a rating, five stars only. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next time. Bye. No animals were harmed during the recording of this podcast.